Amen. While you're standing, I'd like you just to stretch your hand this way. Brother Weaver doesn't, he may need a little introduction. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Amen. Brother Weaver is a tremendous man of God, great evangelist, mightily used of the Holy Ghost, has ministered many times in this pulpit and in this church. Amen. And God has used him mightily. They might not recognize that he is Brother Red's son-in-law. Amen. And he can give us a report on Brother Red's health and condition. Amen. But I am excited today to have Brother Weaver here, going to preach the Word of God. I have full faith and confidence in the ministry of Brother Weaver. Amen. I, I've sat and listened to him preach a lot of times when he, he addressed issues and things and, and that only I knew about, nobody else knew about that was going on in this church. He walks in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I have a lot of confidence in a man whose relationship with God shows up in the way he preaches the Word of God. I'm asking you to give him your full attention this morning. Would you stretch your hand this way and say, God bless Brother Weaver. Brother McCall. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is indeed a privilege to be here. You may be seated a moment or for however long. Amen. The church has its ups and downs, don't they? Hallelujah. It is so good to be here. And we greet you again, following up with what your pastor said in that name. I like that. Amen. We can't promote it enough, especially in the hour that we're living in. Amen. That wonderful name of Jesus. There's still power in that name today. You can't put enough emphasis on it. Amen. I, I want to greet you in that lovely name today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You can, as it's been said in many through the years, many people in their greetings said, you may never know me, and you can, you can make it without knowing me, but you can't make it without knowing him. There is none other name under heaven given. Among men, whereby we must be saved. And today, if, if I'm talking to somebody that has that attitude that you're saying, I must be, then you're in the right place at the right time. There's no question about the fact that God wants us to make it all the way. Amen. I can get ahead of myself very easily, but I, I do want to mention as someone... Uh, it's brought up here about my father-in-law right quickly, uh, Brother Red, Joel Red, and Sister Mamie Red. They used to attend here, and uh, many of you know them. They're now in Tennessee, and um, we just want to give a good report. When we left there some days ago, uh, says some may know that he's had some, had about, and is having about, I guess, with uh, early stages of leukemia, but uh, the last uh, early part of this past week when he went to get uh, checked on that uh, they didn't even have to give him any, any fresh blood, an infusion of blood because he was doing well enough that they put it off for some, hopefully a few more days. So that's a good report because prior to that he was pretty weak, couldn't hardly get up without going from just very few steps and needing help at that. So we thank the Lord for the prayers of the saints and the hand of God touching his life and body and know that God's able to take him through this and, and uh, sure like to see a miracle, Brother Anderson. It's good to be with Brother and Sister Anderson. We highly uh, respect them, the work of the Lord that they have done and continuing in the work of God to this day. Appreciate your good pastor, Brother McCall, and his family. 
and uh, this church family and what God's doing here. I uh, want to just comment. I, we came by actually back during the holiday season. I uh, forget the exact day, anywhere around Christmas week, weekend or whatever it was, and we came to be here in service with our father-in-law, mother-in-law, and, and it was just a privilege to, to be here. But, but what really... What really touched my heart, I always like to be among friends. And if you're like me, you've got enough enemies out there, you're just so relieved when you get among somebody. I mean, you could just, just somebody that likes you. And I felt that, that like. You know, they got that on the Facebook thing or whatever, like this or don't like this. Amen. I felt that here when we came to that service that Sunday morning. And... The, the uh, camaraderie, the, the fellowship of the saints, the closeness of the presence of God, what I noted is what I really felt here that day in the songs, in the, in the presence of Jesus reaching in, this, in that service. And that, that touched my heart, and we needed that, that fellowship. I mean, after all, the key of fellowship is... The fact is that Jesus said, I'll be with you. Or two or three are gathered together in my name. There I'll be in the midst of them. And we felt that presence of God that morning in the service, in the fellowship, in the songs, in the outreach, in the word of the Lord that your pastor brought that day still uh, is working in my heart. And I appreciate I appreciate the ministry that God's given the church in this hour. And I know I'm a preacher, but I'm speaking uh, on, in, your, uh, in regard to your pastor and the, the, what God's doing in this assembly. And I know you're thankful for the ministry God's given this church. Amen. It's not only just an uh, upward look, but an outward look, a forward look of what God's able to do this year. What God's wanting to do through you. Amen, as a congregation, and it's just, it's, just, it's just a life. There's some life here today, and I like that, that feeling of the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, what He wants to do. This Sunday morning, you know, you know God's full of surprises. I, I, I was surprised myself. I didn't know till we spoke uh, the evening before about coming here, and um, uh, just a good surprise to be in the house of God with this church family this Sunday morning. And you may have not known the schedule of what God was going to do. But we can trust Him this morning that the Lord has His hand on this service. How many of you believe that God can minister to your needs today? How many of you can believe that the Lord can can help us today and draw us close to Him? As we reach out in the Word of the Lord this morning. I, I don't know all your needs at all, but our Heavenly Father in Heaven knows. And he taught us in the prayer, this we call it the Lord's Prayer. He taught us a model prayer in so many words to seek after him, to first acknowledge him, amen, and then go down the line and believe that he is able to give us day by day, day by day our daily bread, to give us of our needs for today, amen. We don't know when we get up in the morning the things that, that today is going to require, But we know that there is one that has been providing for his family ever since creation, ever since he made man. He's made made the provisions for that day. 
from day one. And it's not a big thing to God. He doesn't break a sweat. He can do it just for you and I today. The, the factor, the, the thing that is important this morning, and this is, and I'm getting on into what I'm feeling here this morning, what I felt in prayer earlier today, is that we can, if we can trust Him, if we can believe God for our daily provisions, a lot of times we, wanna, we want to look out for tomorrow, and that's human, that's human nature, but, and it's well and good, but, but, but God teaches us to trust Him day by day. Amen for our daily bread. And this is, this is what I feel in my spirit today. I believe God wants to give us strength. And he wants to provide for us. But to trust him, you got to begin to trust him on this journey. I, I want to turn your attention. We're going to go to the word of the Lord this morning. And I don't, I don't intend to hold you very long evangelistically. I'm usually not, usually not too long-winded. That, that, uh, I guess that's... Uh, Everybody's opinion, amen. As one preacher wisely said, he made everybody happy when he preached. Some of them, a few he made happy when he started, and a lot more of them he made them happy when, they, when he quit. So all along the line, we're going to make somebody happy today, we hope. But the important thing is just reaching out after God. I feel this in my, in my spirit this morning. I feel this this outreach, this desire, this pursuit after God and a longing for more of Him today. Whether you've served Him long or you've just began, whatever the, 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 the pace is in your journey this morning, all of, I believe, what God has, the provision He has made, amen, is just enough for what we need today. I want to go to the Scriptures in the Old Testament, uh, really uh, uh, one of my favorite subjects or characters in the scriptures in the Old Testament is found in the book of 1 Kings and I want to turn your attention there in 1 Kings chapter 19 and uh, just reading this passage of scripture where the setting is where Elijah had uh, found himself running in his journey and he was a man of faith he'd seen a lot of accomplishments already but he was at this place of the juniper tree. And I know you've heard this story probably a lot of times. But here he is, and, and uh, he is trying to rest a little bit on his journey, probably having in mind what he's going to do, but not totally, totally knowing how to do it and get there. But uh, the angel of the Lord appears to him and actually wakes him up. And so we're here at that point. He says in verse 7, the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Let's back up here in verse 6, excuse me. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals, a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Rise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. He arose and ate. And did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Amen. He went on the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights. That's a amen, that's that's a that's what you call a energy meal. 
Hallelujah. That's, that does a lot more than these energy bars or energy drinks, don't it? Somebody's still trying to come up with something that'll do that. But this was a miraculous meal. There was something God put extra in the meal to feed his child. Do you believe God can do that for you? you believe God can give the church the strength to do it for the journey that's ahead of us? Whether it's in context of talking about this year of what God's got in store for this church, what God's got in store for you as a family, what He's got in store for you as an individual. God's able to put the exact ingredients in that. Even in this meal this morning, in the, in the prayer that you have before Him. God has a way of setting the table for just exactly what you've got today and the needs, amen, that are, that are there lined up for us. So I want us to pray that the Lord would speak to our heart in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in, among your people. And thank you, God, for the promises. I ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts this morning as we learn daily to trust in you, God, trusting and believing that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think according to the power that works in us. We thank you for that holy power and authority that comes in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray over this, Lord, that the power of the blood and redemption would work in us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. Amen. It's again a privilege to be here in the house of the Lord today and to feel God's presence working in the song and the exhortation earlier. And we appreciate the presence of God. Amen. And again, in the, in the day and time that we need to emphasize the power in the name, uh, we can be thankful we have a church to come to that that puts emphasis where it should belong today because there's no, there's no escaping it. There's no excuse. There's no getting around. Amen. There's no other name under heaven. Uh, you know, Muhammad, there's no way uh, that that there's, I mean, you could say that all day long and it's not going to bring, it's not going to bring healing or beneficial uh, blessings to your life. But there's something about the name of Jesus. There's something healing. Amen. There's something powerful in that name today. I'm just, I tell you what, I believe that there is uh, encouragement in this house today. There's strength in that. But you know, you know, getting back to what I was speaking about here on, on the strength for the journey, God gave Elijah exactly what he needed and he was mindful of his need. And uh, Elijah had been serving God for several years and has already known as a great prophet of the Lord, had seen great things. But, but even the prophets get weary in their journey sometimes. And children of God, of whatever calling we're in, we have need, amen, to gather strength for what's happening today and tomorrow. We, 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 whether we're just starting out in this walk of faith, we need to learn one valuable thing, and that is God knows exactly what we need today. And I, I've got someplace I want to go with this in just a little bit today. And so you just bear with me in my, uh, my holy ramblings, if you, if you will. I want the Holy Ghost to speak to our heart 
I woke this morning and my heart was stirred in prayer. Uh, the, the, the need, one thing that, that everybody in this old world, every human being uh, that I've ever met, anybody that I've ever known has, has you know, they, they live their lives and we grow and hopefully you grow old as the Lord leads and blesses. But, and, and, and as we progress in this world, we outgrow a lot of things but there's one thing, humanly speaking, that we never outgrow, and that is the need for food, the need for strength and, and nourishment. And sometimes we think we can go on and on and on, but, but you know this world, when we, before we come to God, we run out of energy spiritually, and we realize I need something more in my life than what this world has given me. And uh, we know that, that sin's concoctions don't really fit the bill, does it? We know that this world and what its table is spread with doesn't truly satisfy, not at, at least not to the nourishment of the soul, does it? We understand today, and this is, this is, this is much like what God, but I know the Old Testament is full of analogies, and we want to use some of this today. I'm speaking about Elijah, but I want to back up a little bit in, in regard to, to uh, the, the Israelites. When they, you go back to the book of Exodus where they had been slaves in captivity in Egypt for a long time. As a nation, as a people for over 400 years. They were in that land and they had thrived for a period of time, but it began uh, to become a slave issue with them. And they... They were crying out to God for a change in their life. How many of you know that feeling? Amen. When you came to God, your, your heart was crying, Lord, I, I want a change in my life. And you could stay there in Egypt just like Israel could have. But when the Lord heard their cry, God delivered them, didn't he? God sent deliverance for Israel. He brought them out, but... But even though he brought them out and they were in process in the wilderness for many years, about 40 years it was before they came to the land of promise and to the time of the crossing over of Jordan where God was going to bless them, they had to learn a very important and vital thing in their life. Though God did bring them out and God did set them free from Egyptian bondage, they had to learn a very a uh, valuable lesson day by day. God, give me this day my daily bread. And they, they learned that. They learned that when they, they were complaining, they were murmuring even about their daily food, how they were going to survive. God gave them something that we call, or that was termed as manna. And the word manna really means, I guess it is a question, what is it? What is it? And they, 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 uh, they looked at this stuff and they said, and this is what it was, you know, to them they couldn't understand what it is and so they just simply named it that and the name stuck. Every day God fed them with this miraculous bread from heaven. It nourished them. It gave them enough for the day. And on the sixth day God was teaching them uh, a time of rest, a period of rest and honoring God and remembering Him. And so He would bless that man on the sixth day. They would gather twice as much and it lasted them the extra day. And it did not rot. It did not 
ruin. It, it lasted to the need of their bodies for those ex, that extra time. And so all that period of time, God was teaching them that you can trust in me. God was teaching them that the, the, the food that I give you is nourishment enough that you can make this journey. Though they, they did not fully understand that it was going to be 40 years in the wilderness. They were going to march around, and I haven't tried to even calculate how much food it took for 40 years for how many people was it? A hundred and something thousand beginning when they come out of Egypt, if I'm not mistaken. And how much food it was, it was is train car loads a day to feed the Israelites in the wilderness every day. God was nourishing them, and think about it, he didn't break a sweat to feed them. It was his good pleasure to give them of the kingdom of God, to get them where God wanted them to be. The issue was not God's ability to feed them. The issue was one of trust and them believing God, them believing that God was able to give them strength for their journey. God was able to keep them day by day. When we, like the Israelites, came out of Egypt, we were so mistrusting and so skeptical, so doubtful. God, is your grace enough for me? Is your heavenly bread, your word and your spirit, your presence, is it enough, amen, to keep me on my journey? When we look at this journey, God, like Israel must have looked at their journey, God, there's no way this, this manna stuff is going to supply my need and take care. But it did. Every day it did it. Every day they got up and said, it's manna again. What is it? There's going to be days you're going to get up and you're going to question, Lord, is this really going to take care of my need? There's going to be days I've got up and I've said, what is it? Lord, I looked at this bread and I said this. Amen. This is not this is not really what I expected. I wanted in my prayer, my daily prayer, I wanted to feel the the doodads. I wanted to feel that that closeness. I God, I wanted to feel some strength. Man, I wanted to shout. I wanted to praise God. But what I felt was instead a a a, a slow energy, but a consistent faith. I felt a strength in the Holy Ghost. That even though I was going through something in this day of battles, I did not understand how I was going to hold up. But God was working in me. I believe, I believe Elijah learned this lesson. He didn't question, but for 40 days and nights, he traveled on that, that meal, those two little times that he ate there that day. God miraculously sustained him and kept him and provided for him on those meals. God is able to keep you. Amen. The issue here again, this is, this is what I, I, I just, I want to put emphasis on this this morning. When we come out of this world, we, we have so many things, issues of trust. But when we come to God, you can know this, that he will be with you always. God will... God will have a meal for you when nothing else and nobody else seems to be even looking your way. God will prepare like he did for Israel in the wilderness. 
that you may feel like you're in on this point of your journey. You may feel like, God, I'm going nowhere fast. And I I just don't think I've got the strength. But when you put your trust in him, you know, know, again, here, here, in, in the book of 1 Kings where the Lord prior to his uh, Elijah going out there in the, on his journey, when prior to that in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, let's, let's look at that a moment, when he, he was seeking, as everybody else, the famine had struck the land, and early, early on, in this, in this God-ordained famine in the land, because Israel at that stage, had, they, they were rebelling against the will of God, and, and the Lord was teaching them again how to trust Him. And if they would just put their trust in Him, He could take care of them. But because of their sins, he said, your sins, he didn't speak it there, but another writer spoke that he said, your sins have separated between you and your God. And Israel was, was, was drying up. The land was starving, and the people were starving. But here where God had spoken to Elijah, he had come to this place that even he was affected by it. Though he was in the will of God when he, when he came to this point and the brook dried up. If you read that story in 1 Kings chapter 17, the Lord began to speak to him, encourage him. Even though the, the brook had dried up, he said, go to Zarephath. In verse 9 of that same chapter, arise. And he said, get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now, you know, uh, a little bit of water, that was surely a test in a, in a drought, in a dry spell. But when he said, bring me some bread and, and, and you bring it by your own hand, he was really getting right down close to her living because her and her son was about to starve to death. As she was going to reveal to him, she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. How many of us spiritually have felt that way? Amen. And, and, and the, but the word of the Lord or a need comes along and God says, give this. Give of yourself and of your own need. And, and we speak like this widow. She done had her plans lined out. Listen, she said, we're going to do this. We're going to dress this. We're going to make this. Uh, take this little bit of this, this uh, uh, meal and we're going to work this up and make us a little meal. We're going to eat it and die. That was her plan. But God had a different plan. The question is, can we trust him? How many of you ever felt a lot of, it took a lot of faith when you felt like God was dealing with you about, let's just say finances because this touches everybody. 
and you felt it, and I have too, and you felt like God was impressing you, give this to the ministry or give this to somebody. Give this out for their need or, or give an extra special thing. And you said, God, but I've got a need. And then you pull it out sweating because you're looking at all these things. I'm going to eat this and die, God. This is all I can see right here. I, I'm just counting $2 or whatever it is. I'm just counting two pennies. Have you ever got that low? Well, am I the only one? That's, that's not had two nickels to rub together, or I thought I didn't. But my plans, I have learned through my walk with God and my journey in living for God. My plans are superseded or overshadowed by the Heavenly Father's plans. He's got something bigger and better. And He's given us strength for our journey. This, this woman surrendered what little she had. Here's what it amounts to. It goes on to tell us that Elijah encouraged her here. He said that fear not. Go and do as you said. You go ahead and do what you said. But make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now here's, here's the factor. Here's what the Lord says. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Now I'm not sure. Some speculate it could have been about two years still in the making or whatever length of time into the drought. We know that this period lasted totally around three and a half years. But however long, it was several months, no doubt maybe a year or two, that she, uh, until the drought was ended. So she, was, she didn't know the end of it. Neither totally did Elijah, no doubt. But she was putting her trust in what the word of the Lord said, that God could give me strength for my journey. If I'm willing to submit what I have and let it go out of my hand and say, Lord, I trust you. Now, just a little background here. This widow in Zarephath was not in, 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 in the promised land and not in rather in, in, in Israel. But she was very much in the land from where Jezebel's heritage was from. Queen Jezebel, y'all remember her story. She wasn't a, she wasn't a pretty lady. At least not in the, in, 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 the, in the sense of what she did in her actions, even though she did try to make it up and make up for it. She was still ugly and as sin, as they say. But she was from this area and her relatives from this neck of the woods. But this widow, and Jesus, you know this in, in I believe it's Luke chapter 24 or, 20, or chapter 4, somewhere around there rather, in verse 25 or so, that Jesus said that there was, uh, there, there was many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. But unto none of them was Elijah sent. And he was, but he began to speak to this particular incident of this woman in Zarephath. He said nobody, he wasn't sent to all the, any of those widows in Israel, but to this woman over here in this heathen land because God knew, God knew the faith. God knew that this woman had nothing to lose. She had no prejudice about all this, and she was trusting and she was starving. And God knows the faith 
of you as an individual. God knows your background. And it, it tells me that he has no respect of persons when he sees faith. You ever zoomed in on the map, on Google Map or whatever, and you, you think, man, this is really awesome. I can zoom in from way up there, and they could take that camera and zoom it right down to the neighborhood of where people are at. And you think, this is awesome. But God's been able to do that a long, long time. And he, 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 he zoomed right into this particular area and right down to where this widow was and her son and had just a little bit of meal in the barrel, a little oil in the cruise, and she sent this man of God, this one God preacher, if you will, to this heathen land to find sustenance for the journey. I just want to tell you that what God is doing in our lives sometimes don't make sense right off. But you've got to be willing to let go of your faith and trust the Lord in your walk with God. Believing if you're just starting, believe that when you take on the name of Jesus, believing that when you say, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. I, all I've got in my life is just a little bit of meal in my barrel. I've only got a little bit of oil in my cruise. Lord, what I'm saying is I'm starving to death spiritually, but I'm going to trust you for the rest of my life. This woman, here's what it goes on to say. As the prophet, just like the prophet said, amen, that it happened just like he said, that she went and did according as the saying of Elijah in verse 15, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And listen to this, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. I want to tell you God has a whole completely different economy. Heaven's economy is not based on Wall Street. It's not based on this world's monetary market. But when you put your trust in God, especially spiritually, I'm telling somebody here today that you just need to let go, amen, of your ability to think you can supply for yourself. Israel lived, though they became slaves in Egypt, they were living. They even remarked to Moses about it. It would have been better for us to have stayed in Egypt and ate on the garlic and the leeks and the melons there. At least they had some kind of sense of daily routine. But God wanted them to say, listen, I wanted them to see I have got Vineyards that you haven't planted. I've got houses that you haven't built. And here you are living in slavery, but I've got more than melons and garlic for you, friend. I've got more in the land of promise. But so many times all we can see is our immediate plans. Our future a lot of times doesn't go past the 24-hour clock day. But God says, I've got something that will sustain you, Elijah. Amen. For 40 days and 40 nights, you can get a blessing, amen, in this service that can keep you. You can get strength in your heart and your spirit for the trial and the test that you are about to endeavor and step into. And because of what this widow woman did, that they and Elijah ate on it many days in the barrel of meal, wasted not, neither did the oil, cruise of oil fell according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Hey, how many of you would be willing to trade one meal of your own, of your own making, for multitudes, many meals, 
Come on, if it was two years or whatever the span of time, they had enough every time she went. I don't know how it worked. I don't know how God did it. If he filled it all up or just every time she went, I'm kind of thinking that way that every time she went to the barrel, brother, she reached in there and there was enough meal for the day. Every time she went, reached for that vessel of oil, there was enough out there to pour out, just enough to take care. Isn't that like the grace of God? Isn't that like the mercies of God? Amen, that God wants to give you strength for your journey. He wants to encourage you today. And I believe this, if I do nothing else today, I'm here to help this some, somebody that you feel a widow in your spirit, like this widow, and you're acquainting with her circumstance. You're acquainting with the need of Elijah. Amen that God is telling you that I am more than enough. The name of Jesus is not just amen, to remit our sins but it's for salvation for body, soul and spirit. It is not just to re revive your spiritual nature but it is to keep you from day to day to keep you in the spirit, to keep you in the grace of God. And every day you reach in that barrel of life, that meal barrel, God's going to have just enough in there for you. Whether you are young or old today, whether you've been in this a long time or not, Elijah had to stop and eat. You never outgrow those hunger pains. As long as that old ticker's ticking, as long as your breath, as you're breathing, amen, there is a hunger that rises in the soul of man that says, God, I want more than this, just what I've got in my mind right here. I believe there's more to it than just taking what little bit I've got left of my life and eating it and dying. It's not like the Stoics and some of those philosophers in olden times had the philosophy, amen, that said, let's eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we're going to die. There's more to life than that. I'm going to tell somebody there's more hope in Jesus. There's more hope in one meal that God can put on your table. Amen. At an altar of seeking him. At a time of praising him. There's more hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Than all the devil could give the world. Can we love him right now? Can we just reach out after the Lord this morning? Just a little bit longer here today. God, I thank you for your presence. Can we thank him for the meals, the many times God has sustained us? Can we thank him this morning for the times he has kept us? Amen. In the natural aspect, God, thank you, Lord, for supplying every need for your people, God. Thank you, Lord, for your, your spiritual blessings in our lives, our healings in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits. Lord, it's more to know that it's an endless supply. What else could you ask for? We live in a world of greedy gain. You know that as well as I do. People are, they, they, they commit so wicked crimes, so many wicked crimes just for the, the name of, in the name of money. Or to reach the corporate ladder heights. Amen. To get where they want in this world. They don't matter. It doesn't matter to many of them. They've got their goals, their visions, their dreams. Amen. To reach out there to trample on whomever they can. To get where they want to get in this world. But when you come to Jesus, you realize that kind of mentality is a slave mentality. Amen. People are hoarding up things in this life, in the natural aspect, in this world, like, amen, there is no tomorrow. And I know our human nature, amen, it cries out and say, God, we've got a plan. And, and in that, I'm, not, I'm not taking away from the wisdom of living in this world, but our goal should not be trusting in the silver and the gold. Amen. All of this is to perish 
generous with the using. But our goal is to trust in him. That's why, my friends, sometimes God sends an Elijah through the drought. Sometimes God allows the meal barrel to get low so he can show us that he is the answer. So he can show us that he is able, the same God that fed Israel several thousands in the wilderness every day until they come to the crossing over to the Canaan promised land. God was feeding those people and teaching us through this example that he can do this. This is what the Bible is about. It is a lesson in trusting God. The Old Testament, as the New Testament writer said, is, was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It was God teaching us in the Old Testament how he will do in the New God has not exhausted his supply at all this morning. When God calls you, he will equip. He, he already has enough food in the cupboard for your journey. He's already got plans. If you feel that widow mentality I'm just going to eat this and die I'm, I'm not getting anywhere fast God I believe that you're able to help and supply people's needs but Lord I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to give it up but God says just trust me what you have God says put it in my hands and let me multiply let me take care takes a lot of trust to let go of it, doesn't it? To have faith and say, yes, Lord. But you know, you, you can never receive anything in that hand as long as you've got it closed into a fist holding on to what you have. Before you can receive, you've got to let go and say, here. And I know when we say, that, we say this, we, we, a lot of us look at money. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about our, our lives in God and trusting our hearts to Him. Trusting your life and what God's doing. Lord, I've got this life and I've been living it like this all this time. I've just got two sticks left. We're going to build a little fire and make a little cake and we're going to eat it and die. That's all that's left of my life. But God says, I see potential in you, young person. I see potential in you, mom and dad. I see potential in you, elders. I see potential. And there is so much that God wants to do. And when Elijah got on to the, to the cave, he, the Lord even asked him. And he, had, he had seemingly got to the height of his career, if you want to put it that way. I mean, who else had called, prayed, and fire fell from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice? Elijah prayed and God did it for him. But here he was at a cave by himself, at least humanly speaking. And the Lord spoke to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Make the story shorter. God was revealing to him, Elijah, this is not your end because if you could go back and read where he was at the juniper tree, he was wishing that he could die. I've done all this, God, and I just want to die. But God let him know, I'm not through with you, Elijah. 
There's more. That why do you think I've given you the meal under the juniper tree? I fed you there when you felt so weak and lonely. I fed you to give you nourishment to get you where I want you to be. And this cave, Elijah, is not where I want you to stop. There's at least three more uh, things in this world I want you to do. Three more anointings. I want you to do this and this and this. Amen. The kings and the, and the prophets in your place, the prophet in your place, these anointings, these things God had for him to do, it was not over yet. But when we're in this old world and we're living this life, we're thinking, man, my life is through, my situation's over, nothing can change. But this widow lived for many days, however long it was, until the drought was over. And then it went back to the normalcy. God can provide. If he can put meal in a barrel, don't you know? Don't you know he can give grace that is sufficient? The same God, and I want to move on here this morning. I I, I, I need to move on to this passage of Scripture in the New Testament. Jesus, as we know, he tells us in John 1 and 14 that the Word was made flesh. He dwelt among us. He dwelt among humanity now. It was God in the flesh. And what do we see him doing there in, in John in one passage, chapter 6, where he is uh, seeing the multitudes of people and questioning the disciples to test their faith, uh, you know, feed them. And because Jesus already knew what he was going to do, it tells us in that passage of Scripture. And they said, we've only got one little lad here that's got, what was it, five loaves and two little fish. Well, what are they among so many? But God, the same God of the Old Testament that made the manna, the same God that closed the heavens, that gives light, amen, to the sun and everything going on in this world is right there and right at that moment looking at this. And again, the, the disciples can only see the five loaves and two little fish. But God knows there's more in their potential than that, in that little basket. When they got through, they fed over 5,000. There was at least 5,000 men beside women and children that God fed miraculously that day. And they took up the baskets afterward, 12 baskets. There was more than enough. God was teaching his disciples that I can provide. He was teaching them this important thing of trusting him. Because he knew there would be a day he was going to leave this earth in the from the fleshly form and ascend back into glory in his glorified form. And they were going to have to trust that God could do it. Another place when he sent the 12 out, Brother Anderson, you know where he sent them out? He told them, said, you don't take uh, your, your staff or you don't take gold or purse or anything, provision in other words, food or anything for yourselves because you're going to be provided for. And I'm, I'm just I'm improvising there. I'm just putting in what he meant. He said, you're going to be taken care of. And later on, he asked them later on in Luke, he said, did you lack anything? When they came back later, they said, nothing. We lack nothing. He was teaching them to trust that what God, who God calls, he equips. He provides for. What God is doing in our life and our walk with him this morning is teaching us, though we may look at the journey and we may size it up and say, we've got to have all of this together. 
But how many of you know God can work right here, right now? At the times when it's driest, that God can send a rain right now. How many of you know when it seems like there's no answer and the brook dries up, God's got a widow somewhere, a man that's got just enough to take care. Didn't just feed the, the, the widow and the son, amen, but the prophet as well, amen, the fed, amen, traded one meal, one skimpy meal, amen, of bread for, amen, months, no doubt, months and months of meals. Who wouldn't want to trade for that? Who would want to believe God today? I can trust him for the grace of God in my life. And yet we see Jesus here and he's teaching them day by day these things how to, he would provide for their daily bread. Amen. And all this, they looked around and they couldn't understand what he was saying until much later. The spiritual aspect of it where it's even said in John chapter 1 and verse 11. Where, where it tells us, and John was still writing about his, the revelation of God coming down to men and uh, how he created everything. There wasn't anything made without him. It all happened because of Jesus. But he went on to say in verse 11, he said, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But, listen, to as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Do we believe this this morning? How many of you have come to him? To as many as received him. To them gave he the power. That don't, that, in that particular passage, it doesn't mean the, the dynamis or the, the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost. But it means in the authority. He puts us in place, in position then. Acts chapter 1 and around verse 8, he said he will give you, he'll give them power. Amen. That you would receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That is the dynamic power and working of the Spirit of God. But prior to that, God gives us authority. When we turn to him, when we receive him, I'm talking to the church here and now in this dispensation of grace. To as many as received him, to them he gives the power to become the sons of God. In all that it's saying, he gives you the authority of all that's in the kingdom of God. That when you ask, you can receive. When you trust Him, you can have what God wants you to have. That's why when you come to Him and you repented of your sins and you have them washed away in baptism in the name of Jesus, that name of Jesus already been emphasized a little bit earlier. Amen. That name of Jesus puts authority into our lives. In and of myself, Jeff Weaver has no authority with heaven. But under the name, Amen, where the blood is applied. When you are baptized in that name, the blood is applied to your life. When you have repented of your sins in the power of the lovely name of Jesus, God works a miraculous work. And you put your trust in him and you're saying, I'm coming out of Egypt. Lord, I'm walking to the promised land. There are going to be days you're going to wake up and say, what is it? There are going to be times you can't see the grace of God is sufficient for you. But you go ahead. 
And like the psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. There are going to be days you're not going to get up like the psalmist and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. There's going to be days realistically, amen, that you're going to get up and say, I think I'll just roll over and try to start over. Amen. There's going to be those days you're not going to feel like singing the songs of Zion, at least in the victory march. But the same God that made that day at bright and shining is the same God that makes the day with the clouds. And He's still able to supply the need of your spirit. He's able to take away the heaviness of the heart. He's able to give you strength for your journey for this day. When you wake up and say, I don't know, God, if I can... Another call like that. I don't know that I can go through another moment like I just have went through. But that's what Jesus was teaching them when they went to their limits and people and their needs and their healing for their bodies and their spirits. And Jesus delivered them out of those troubles. God was teaching them, my grace is sufficient. What Apostle Paul, if you'll stand with me this morning. But the Apostle Paul, who went through many things and endured a lot of hardships, shipwrecks, beatings, stonings, imprisonment, times when there wasn't bread to eat, times when there wasn't clothes to put on, times when there were nobody around to hold his hand and to help him. There were times that... He didn't have a pastor or preacher right there. But he said in one place, I've learned. I've learned through all this to be content. He said, I've learned that godliness with contentment is great gain. There's some things like the widow, like Israel, like Elijah, like the disciples learned that you can trust God. And when Paul was going through one of his hardest trials, it was so tough. He didn't mention a lot of his heartaches, but he did here to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It's been preached on many times, but he sums it up in what I want to sum this, this, this message, this lesson, this burden that I feel this morning. By the way, I, I want to encourage you right now as we're standing and reaching out after God. We're going to turn this to your good pastor in a moment, but I want to encourage you to trust that what God has prepared for you today is enough. There's going to be days the singers won't be there to sing for you. There's going to be Mondays when the music of the church won't really be heard in the hectic pace of your life. But from somewhere... In God's great heaven, there is bread enough and to spare. Paul remarking about his trial in his flesh, that there had been a thorn given to him in his flesh. and He sought God even three times. He prayed, God, take this from me. Whatever it is, only you and I can speculate. But the point of it is, Paul learned this. He said, the Lord spoke to him. And in verse 9 of chapter 12 in 2 Corinthians, 
he said, the Lord spoke to him, told him and said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace, the meal for the child of God, the energy, the energy drink of the Holy Ghost, the meal that will encourage and strengthen your spirit is more than enough for what you're going to need today and tomorrow, the rest of your life as you draw close to God's table this morning. Whatever you're facing, the issue, if you, can, if you will trust Him, the Lord is going to keep you through this. You may have surmised a plan. You may have got things lined up and you've got the recipe for your meal today. But my friend, I'm going to tell you, God's got a better meal for you. I know we had been swinging from the chandeliers, as they say, and we have not been leaping and jumping and shouting high hallelujahs right now. But I'll tell you what, that energy from God will keep the shout in you. Amen. If you'll eat at the Lord's table, it is the devil's intent to get us discontent at God's table. To get us discouraged from eating like Israel did. And when they looked away, they began to complain and murmur. But when they focused on God and what he had planned for them, he got them to the promised land. And I'm going to tell somebody God's going to get you where he wants you to be. Amen. What Jesus taught the disciples, amen, through the storms and all of that, he reminded them, have you forgotten about the 5,000? Have you forgotten about the meal that I fed the multitudes? How quickly we forget that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. That authority that's in the name of Jesus today. The power that's in God can change the circumstances. I mean, if that widow could have just, would have just went her way and said no to Elijah, her day would have probably been finished pretty quick. Her story would have been told pretty quickly there, Sister Anderson. But because she obeyed God and His Word, God sustained her for much, much longer. And God wants to do that in our lives today. Could we reach out together? I do feel the Holy Ghost reaching to encourage somebody's weary spirit, somebody's troubled mind. Trust in Him, young child of God. Trust in Him, new convert. Trust in Him. Whatever you've been going through today, the Spirit of the Lord, as you reach out, your hand like the widow, when she opened her hand and say, God, I don't have much, but here's what I've got to give you. Let the Lord do what He wants to do in your spirit. Trust in Him to give you the manna that you may have gotten up and said, Lord, I don't understand how this could feed me. God says, I can do all things. God says to me, I can receive of His promise. Right now, this day is a day God has made and there's much provision for you in this day. As a church, God has provided and there is revival to be had. There are miracles to be seen. There are answers that God wants to work in your lives. 
And God wants to move in families and homes in this community. Trust him, dear child of God. He wants to move in your family today. Believe him and trust his healing power. In Jesus' name, let's respond with our whole heart. God, touch the church. Strength.